Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host Zoe Forsey and I'm joined this week by our editor Daniel Jackson. Hi Dan, how are you? Hi Zoe, how are you doing? It is a bit surreal because the first time I ever appeared on this we were at the height of the Jubilee celebrations. I know. And we were reading amazing memories of the Queen with a glass of Prosecco. It's like that. It, f- it feels like yesterday. It really, really does. Although I'm sure it, it doesn't to you and Russell. You know, it so. still does a bit. But as you said, Russell is taking a very well-deserved uh, couple of days off. So thank you very much for joining me. And what we're going to be doing today is so many stories have come out about the Queen since she died. So many celebrities have mm. shared their memories of meeting her that we just wanted to kind of talk through some of those really and celebrate some of the the lovely memories people have um you know people will always cherish of queen elizabeth uh, but before we do that actually just before we came in here we did have some kind of uh, breaking news so we thought we'd discuss that first i know our, our plans for kind of let's do some nice tributes and there won't be yeah much, but the news doesn't stop newsing unfortunately so exactly so just before we came in we had uh, the queen's death certificate uh, was released uh so that was thursday afternoon um, and it confirmed that the queen died from old age it confirmed as we knew that she passed away at Balmoral and it also confirmed the timing of 310 which might not seem like a big deal to everyone but basically it kind of it puts into perspective a bit the how the day's events unfolded because obviously we saw all of the royals kind of rushing to get to Balmoral trying to get there to say their goodbyes and it kind of means we can now see who had that opportunity to yeah. be with her um, well, and unfortunately those who didn't as well um as unfortunately tends to happen you know far too regularly that people aren't able to kind of be there in those last moments but uh the so many people have actually also asked why you know this feels like quite a private Mm. thing but however in the uk uh, death certificates the same as birth certificates are um, like legal document matter of public record so the queen is in that sense no difference to you or I, in that her birth was registered and her death was as well. And, and can I check because I'm not I'm, I'm not as big an expert as you, as you and Russell, but this is I mean this this happened the last time we lost the monarch. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it's not it's not a, a, um, a tweak of modern times. No, so, yeah. it's not. And we also had the birth certificates. We've had them for all the you know we've had them for mm. uh, George, Charlotte, Louis, even Archie. Um, so it's completely kind of standard procedure. Um, but yes, so on it it had that Princess Anne was was signed the document which I also thought was really lovely because Anne's said in her tribute that she was with her mum for her final 24 hours but she also that what I think was incredible thing of following her mum's coffin when it made that really long journey Mm. from Balmoral um 
you know, obviously took to the airport through Edinburgh and then all the way down to London. She was with her mum, her beloved mum, every step of the way in her final you know kind of after in the first days after her death and so to have her name on that birth certificate I think was a kind of a a final act I think if you will a final act of but also a a testament to her because Mm. you know I know a lot of the focus in some of the like you know things like state funeral would be on Charles and William as heirs to the throne but my word she she was there she did everything absolute the stamina was just incredible it really really was and to do all that when to when you've lost a parent anyway mm. is extremely difficult but to do it when you have every single person watching you and the, every time you're doing every part of this you're being photographed and filmed and there are you know thousands of people lining to catch a glimpse of for, you for is me, just unimaginable for me she really caught my eye um, at the vigil when the queen was laying stage yes because like you know you see Andrew and Charles mm. but she for some reason I don't know why she caught my eye a little bit more mm. um, just Mm. And the first woman ever to do that as well. Yes. So, you know, as she always kind of has done, is kind of making history quite quietly in the background. Well, I mean, but, we, um, we've done episodes about this, mm. about how, how the, the, the royal family, the monarchy under Queen Elizabeth, has modernised in quite a few different ways when it comes to levelling the play, playing field between the men and women of the family. Exactly. So let's just talk through the timings again, because I mentioned Mm. earlier. So we now know that the Queen passed away at uh, 10 minutes past three in the afternoon. Now, to take you back to that day, uh, so it was at half 12 uh, that we got, so just after midday, uh, that we got that statement from Buckingham Palace uh, saying that doctors were concerned for her health. Uh, And we know then that the royals cleared their diaries and kind of all started the dash to Balmoral. At 12.45, Clarence House said that uh, Charles and uh, Camilla had travelled to Balmoral. Uh, So we know they were there, uh, So, which hopefully means that uh, Charles was with his mum as well as Anne. Um, A minute later, Kensington Palace confirmed that William would also be travelling north. Uh, However, the plane that uh, William, Prince Andrew, Prince Edward and Sophie Wessex were on didn't take off. It was an RAF flight uh, and it left RAF. Uh, Northall in South, uh, South Ricelip uh, at 2.39 um, but unfortunately it didn't land until 3.50 which means that they didn't uh, manage to make it to Balmoral uh, before she passed away um, at half past four Liz Trust who is obviously was just in her what third day is PM yeah um, was given the news uh, she was told uh, the news by the cabinet secretary Simon Case and just after five o'clock uh, William Andrew Edward and Sophie arrived at Balmoral which we saw them arriving in which the we Rovers. saw them arriving in the Land Rover because William was driving his uncles and his aunt in there uh, also Harry got there later in the evening which means that he uh, unfortunately wasn't there either but we now have a better understanding of how that day worked and while all the family didn't manage to make it there in time we do at least know that the queen had Anne and Charles and potentially Camilla with her as well uh, which was you you know hopefully the family can take some comfort in that but this is I mean this is a fascinating timeline of of the day I mean I I was saying earlier on I was I'm quite surprised at the level of detail that we can put these things together because it would be a very private day and I I imagine that they wouldn't really release who was there at when and stuff like that but you've you've been able to basically jigsaw it together to kind of figure out how the day went yeah so obviously this is what we know from seeing because we saw the photos of the arrivals at Mm. the airport and things like that so obviously we don't know you know we can't say for sure but when Charles got to Balmoral he went straight up and saw her but you know we 
we can yeah. probably assume that that's what happened. So we know when we saw them and obviously everything that happened as soon as they went through the gates were was completely private and those family moments, but we can r- work out r- work work out roughly what happened yeah. uh, based on the timings when we did when we did see them because it was always a whirlwind of a day I, I think i think most people um you know picked up like tv social media stuff like that but i was in the middle of watching i think it was uh liz truss and kia Starmer talking in the house of commons about energy crisis and then suddenly twitter's ablaze going there's been a note there's pa- there, yeah there's the notes note. passing around and exactly Keir starmer left and then came back and he changed his tie and if everybody i think finds that incredibly unusual but also anybody that works in news like the hairs on the back of your neck are going this can't be good yeah this can't be good exactly Uh, Today is also a important day because the obviously since the Queen's death, uh, lots of the royal residences have been closed. But Windsor uh, Castle reopened today in St George's Chapel, which means that people got the first opportunity to go in and see the Queen's final resting place. This photo of you know because her name has now been and uh, Phillips has now been inscribed on the kind of uh, the huge stone in the floor where they are now at rest, and that was one of the. I keep saying this and I think I sound a bit like a broken record in the last couple of weeks, but one of the images that really got me because obviously that, you know, now in the, so it is the uh, King George VI Memorial Chapel and it now has obviously the Queen's father, mother, sister and her husband. Um, Obviously, uh, King George used to say, you know, it's us four and they are now all reunited and seeing it there with all the flowers that have been left around the stone was really lovely and I like that she's just down there as it's just you know Queen Elizabeth and Philip it just feels very very um kind of personal and people were queuing to go and see that as well which was really lovely um people have been at Windsor Castle since half seven this morning so again if we haven't lost anything it's the last few weeks it's the fact that Brits are willing we, to queue we, we to pay will, their tributes we will, they, we, we will queue and certainly they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll queue for a, a, a monarch like that but uh, um, yeah social media I mean I don't know if it's bad taste or not but it's already been dubbed the Q2 because uh, <laughs> I think there were um, some people who were the first people in the official queue to go to lying state were also the two people first in line for the one at Windsor I was like, that's some dedication. It really, really is. is. And you say it's in bad taste, but I think from comments that, you know, the royals have said is that the Queen would have been completely taken aback, but also mm. loved the, the you know, how it's brought everyone together and the stories of people chatting in the queue and everything yeah. like that. So I think it's it's nice that people are still wanting to be involved and to go and pay their respects mm. uh, down in Windsor. Where, where I live in uh, south-east London is actually near the, the kind of the end pen near um, uh, Southern Park and it was literally you know coming to work via that route the crowds just to see them like not on the TV news but like go there are like hundreds of thousands of people here oh my god and like ushers going up and down roads kind of directing people to join the pre-queue for the The queue pre-queue for the queue it was all all absolutely madness but fantastic at Mm. the same time now let's move on to some kind of of the tributes we had from the queen Mm. and some of the really lovely stories that have come out as well because you know it's always important i think when someone passes away that and kind of amid the sadness you remember the good times as Mm. well which i think is something that's been really lovely and has really been coming out Uh, and so 
We'll start with, uh, we've got a few to read out and we've got a few to play you as well. Um, one that was really lovely, actually, uh, that I really liked uh, was David Attenborough. So obviously, same age. They'd worked together mm. several times over the years. They'd done filming together. Lots of shared passions, obviously, at their love of the kind of, of nature and wildlife and also, you know, uh, climate change and raising awareness. Um, so he released a really nice uh, message that said, if there was a technical hitch, she wanted to know what it was. And if it had a funny side, she was quick to see the joke. <laughs> Yet not for one second could you forget that you were in the presence of someone who had willingly accepted enormous, enormous responsibility and dedicated her life to serving the nation. That you were, in short, in the presence of royalty. The whole na- nation is bereaved. And I think that sums it up really well. Of From everything we've heard, everyone says that she was so nice, so chatty, made you feel comfortable, but you also never forgot that this wasn't just your mate down the pub. <laughs> but but also, I mean, like the overlap with the royal family that he's been very privileged to enjoy over a number of decades throughout his career as a broadcaster and, you know, conservationist nature is... um. He's been part of their causes. He's been, you know, getting to know many generations of this family. And he must have really felt it. And he's always so good with words anyway. Just perfect. Absolutely perfect. Now, up next is a, obviously lots of politicians have come out and spoken, not just from a political point, but loads of our prime ministers obviously had the honour of spending time with her as well as in the weekly audiences. She quite regularly invited them to Balmoral as well. And Theresa May gave, obviously former British Prime Minister, gave a very funny account that I won't lie, wasn't expecting, but was one of my funniest. And it has to do with a picnic, a picnic in Balmoral Mm. and an incident with some cheese that I think had, was quite possibly one of the most relatable things Theresa May's ever said in that (laughs) initial panic of, oh my gosh, I've just done this in the front of the Queen. What on earth do I do? So I will play that for you now. I remember one picnic at Balmoral which was taking place in one of the bothies on the estate. The hampers came from the castle and we all mucked in to put the food and drink out on the table. I picked up some cheese, put it on a plate and was transferring it to the table. The cheese fell on the floor. (laughs) I had a split second decision to make. I picked up the cheese, put it on the plate and put it on the table. (laughs) And I turned round to see that my every move (laughs) had been watched very carefully by Her Majesty the Queen. I looked at her, she looked at me, and she just smiled. And the cheese remained on the table. I, th- I think that's absolutely brilliant. Do you know what it, it reminded me of is like, we talk about this queen, you know, and this, this figurehead and mysterious, but that tale that went down so well in Parliament just made me go, oh, Queen Elizabeth, she's a mother with an eye on everything. Oh, yes, 100%. Like, like that's the sort of story that you say about your own mother catching you doing, doing something. I've got eyes in the back of my head. Definitely. I, I saw that. I, I know what you were doing. And also, just love the not wasting it, which I know sounds really silly, but, you know, there's a lot of talk. She, she very easily could have said to someone around her, oh, we need another block of that cheese. And some, you know, a member of staff would have run and probably got a new one exactly the same. But the fact that she's just like, well, yeah, well, of course. Yeah, don't waste it. The other thing that I like, I mean, a, lo- a lot of what's happened over um, uh, since the Queen's passing is all very, um, it's kind of pre-prescribed. So, like, what we do for a state funeral, etc. And one of the kind of, like, the archaic processes are kind of like 
MPs standing in the Houses of Parliament reading out uh, s- stuff like that. And I thought, in amongst all of the crazy things going on with politics at the moment, even though we couldn't really afford the time and the days off, to, it was very unifying for Parliament. And I think that probably was brilliant timing as well. Just like, go, no, for a day, we're all united. And in a complete jump this might be the closest that Theresa May and Mick Jagger have ever been discussed but he put out a message as well if you can do the honours oh you want me to okay Uh, yeah so Mick Jagger Uh, for my whole life Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has always been there Jagger wrote in a tweet in my childhood I can recall watching her wedding highlights on TV I remember her as a beautiful young lady to the much beloved grandmother of the nation my deepest sympathies are with the royal family Sticking on music, uh, Elton John also paid tribute. Now, we know he's been very close with the royal family for decades. Yeah. He was very close to Diana. He obviously performed at her funeral. Um, he was on his tour, his farewell Yellow Brick Road tour at the time. He was playing in Canada and he actually interrupted the performance uh, that he was doing and gave a really nice speech uh, before playing a lovely version of Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Um, we won't obviously play the full performance, but we can play you his speech before, which I again thought was very touching and and very moving and just perfect for the occasion. But of course, you know, today we had the saddest news about the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth. And she was an inspiring presence to be around. And I've been around her and she was fantastic. And she led the country through some of our greatest and darkest moments with grace, decency and a genuine caring warmth. I'm, you know, Stemley Five, she's been with me all my life. And I feel very sad that she won't be with me anymore. But I'm glad she's at peace. I'm glad she's at rest. And she deserves it. She's worked bloody hard. I send my love to her family and her loved ones. And she will be missed. But her spirit lives on. And we celebrate her life tonight with music, okay? You can hear there, just even in Canada, the applause that Mm. was met by that you know those kind of short short few sentences you can actually hear the crowd throughout like it's begin it builds throughout yeah. elton's entire speech also how very elton to get a um not the worst swear word in the world but at least a, a, a quick naughty word oh i know we're we allowed to say that we're we gonna get I, in trouble i don't know so we're not going to but but good on him <laughs> oh so we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna have to bleep it out no. No, I thought you were going to say that. I was going to say. No. <laughs> Lovely. Now, also, um, we had, who else was there? David Beckham, obviously, caught mm. the nation's hearts when he queued with so many people for hours and hours uh, in the rain in London to see her lying in state. Um, he shared a lovely photo uh, of the Queen and wrote how much she inspired us with her leadership, how she confronted us when times were tough. Until her last days, she served her country with dignity and grace. This year, she would have known how loved she was. My thoughts and prayers are with our royal family. I also, that was something I really hadn't thought about, but the fact that, as you said, we were here, gosh, what, three months ago? Talking about the Jubilee when the world came out to celebrate. Britain partied, you know, made cakes, did basically everything. And she got to see just how loved she was. Mm. And how lovely is that? It, it is. And also, I mean, I know um, they were putting out statements uh, at all the various royal parks as well. It was like 
almost three months ago now but like the number of paddington bears and marmalade sandwiches just from that that one uh, little video you'd think that the queen had invented paddington <laughs> by, by the point they were pleading with them to not put any more paddingtons out um no beckham uh, i i i think he played it quite quite subtle um i mean news channels tried to make a thing of like david beckham john q but he didn't want any privilege he was that he was there for the duration. I mean, I I couldn't have been standing in a queue for twelve hours at the best of times. So you know, good on him. And when he kind of got into the hall where the queen was laying in state, he looked genuinely very emotional. It really, it really was kind of yeah. touching, to, touching to see. Um, I, I I I think in our kind of like look for the mean twenty twenty two kind of yeah, we we'll always look. Everyone's always straight to oh, it's a PR stunt. Oh, it's this. It's, oh, it's, I don't think that one was. I think that was just, you know, a guy who was moved and paid his respects along with, you know, a thousand, hundred thousand of other people. Do you like to do Mo Farah? Mo Farah. Yes, of course. Um, Mo Farah. My condolences to the royal family at this very sad time. The Queen was loved all over the world and meant so much to so many. Meeting her was one of the greatest honours of my life. We will remember her for her warmth and dedication to the British people throughout her reign. Another really lovely message that I think kind of captured how everyone everyone was feeling and, you know, most people that we know have spoken to have said that meeting her was a complete highlight. Uh, so really lovely for him to, to message that. Now, Mike Tyndall, obviously married to uh, the Queen's granddaughter, Zara, um, he does his normal podcast, which was due to be back. This is the good, the bad, the rugby. Mm. Uh, but they actually did a... A really lovely kind of special episode tribute to her which was really lovely and she's going to play you a little bit of it now because he's but as he always does on this podcast it's one of the reasons i love it because it's completely obviously about rugby but when they all talk about what they did at the weekend he's like oh yeah i popped a royal ascot you know and he just talks about it as if it's you know because for him it is normally family normal yeah. family life what did you do sunday lunch with, sunday lunch with the family yeah He'd be like um that's kind of a banquet yeah exactly world, so, okay. yeah, it's all good yeah. um but yeah so he spoke about obviously kind of what the days were like and said uh it's, it's if you haven't listened to it yet i would really suggest uh giving it a listen it's only kind of half hour but it's a really really moving uh account really he says that what really kind of struck him was how all the family came together immediately overnight and they were all supporting each other through uh, but one of the things that i found that was really interesting was that he uh well you know he has actually some regrets and he wishes that he didn't ask her more questions which i think again is something very relatable we all have that with you know loved ones that we maybe you know look back after they've gone and say why didn't i ask that and mm. especially when it's someone like the queen but i'll, I'll we'll play you this little clip, clip now do you recognize now how lucky you have been to have had a very small but yeah, quite yeah. intimate audience with the I, queen? I do but i also have loads of regrets have loads of regrets like about not asking her so many more things you know, having nervousness when I, you know, when you sit down to talk, you get that lucky seat of being sat next to her. But what would you, you ask her now but, if you could? Well, no, just going back through history and everything that she's possibly seen. Obviously, fifteen uh, prime ministers. I don't know how many uh, presidents it are. It is, um, but to go, minutes, but to go through everything. You know, when she's meeting dictators, she has to stay neutral. She has to just perform her duty, and. I Did just, you ever ask you that? I asked. I start. I was. I was sort of starting to get to that point, but 
No, I hadn't barreled in. I know you would have oh, barreled in. Oh, God. I would have shown you know, it. You know, clipboard. Yeah, question number one. Donald Gar- Trump. Yes yeah. or no? <laughs> the first question, yeah. Donald Trump. Guaranteed, like? guaranteed, I I did ask that, but it's guaranteed that, you know, it, once you sit there, you, it's not that easy to just no. barrel into I would have been like, budge up, budge up, budge up. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> you know, what, I want to know what Churchill was like. Fascinating. That's, it's just so interesting. Mm. He just has this great ability which I know sounds really daft, but he just you to make you remember that she was just this woman that you sat next to at dinner. And, you know, whenever you're in a new family, you're a bit nervous at the start and maybe takes you a few months or a few engagements to meet up. But obviously, when it's the Queen, that's a lot, you know, years over than that. But I just thought, yeah, it's that other side of it. If you just, you'd want to grill her, wouldn't you? But, it, but it's a very, the Tindles operate in this space that's quite unique because, you know, they are members of the royal family, but they also have their own lives and they're very grounded. He's got a podcast with his mates. You know, it's, it's all kind of like the view of two different clashing worlds. You know, I'm not surprised he was a bit concerned about, you know, I'd love to have asked her the things, but you can also imagine that Her Majesty the Queen kind of go, one is not answering that. And obviously we mentioned before that politics was a huge part of her job. And Gordon Brown, a uh, former Labour Prime Minister, uh, spoke has spoken very honestly about some of his audiences with her and how she was very, very well informed. Some point to the fact that she knew a bit more than he did, which has got to be a bit embarrassing. Let's listen to this clip from Gordon Brown. I never had any advice... And, and she wouldn't give that, but she would listen, she would ask questions, uh, she would be endlessly knowledgeable about everything happening in the Commonwealth. I was very embarrassed one day because I went in to see her at six o'clock and I didn't know that one of the Commonwealth leaders had, uh, had been uh, ousted and that a gov- new government had been formed and she was telling me what was happening when I was supposed to report to her. And even on British affairs, you know, I'd been in the House of Commons all afternoon in endless debates or cabinet meetings or something. And she, I think, had been watching television. She was getting uh, uh, notes from her secretaries and she actually knew better about what was happening to the country than I was. It was quite embarrassing, but it, it just showed how conscientious she was, how well up on the detail. And I think right to the last. And, and you could see that in the meeting she had with uh, Liz Truss when she became Prime Minister and Boris Johnson when she left. That she fulfilled her duties right up until the end. Mm. I know. See, I think because everyone assumes that, you know, she just, or people that don't know the rules maybe just think that all they do is go to nice events, shake hands, plant trees. But we obviously know that's not true and they do so much more. And she had her red boxes every single day and that is holidays. Every day apart from Christmas Day, she went through all of the documents. And, you know, she was doing this job since she was 25. You know, she was doing this job long before many of our PMs were alive. Yeah. So she would know, oh yeah, that happened. That happened in the 60s. Like, oh gosh, and, it's... And not just here, but from the entire Commonwealth. Yeah, yes, exactly. I'm, I'm on top of it. And I, again, I'm sure <coughs> in, in the future, you know, you'll have these kind of conversations about um, King Charles III. Um, but again, it's like, yeah, hitting the job running on day one, you know, Charles will be already tackling these red boxes. Now, uh, to do a bit of a jump back to celebrities... Whoopi Goldberg. We love Whoopi. Do you like to do the honours? I certainly will. Several years ago, I met Queen Elizabeth at the Royal Variety performance of 2009. As she approached me, all I could think of was WTH. I'm an American kid from the projects and I'm in the company of the Queen of England. I was in awe. Rest in peace. God save the King. That as well. Even someone as 
big as her, even, you know, one of those absolute icons, legends of, you know, kind of the US, still meets Queen, well, com- completely thrown. Just to go back a, a little bit to what you were saying, like how memorable it is to meet the Queen. So uh, one of the side things that I've been doing for the last couple of weeks is the Queen's Online Condolences book. And people have been signing and sending messages to tribute. But the messages are really different for people who have met the Queen. It, it, for a lot of these people, I, mean, I know Whoopi's kind of making different points of like, I grew up and now I'm meeting the Queen. But so many people were writing in saying, I met her 52 years ago in such and such place and it stayed with me forever. Um, universal appeal of the Queen. Uh, up next, we've got a lovely video that... Uh Obama shared as well, talking about uh, when he and Michelle and his daughters uh, met the Queen during his time in the White House. Um, obviously, he got to meet her a few times, but what he shared, which I really liked, was how, you know, we know that the Queen liked small gestures mm. and how he managed to do that after Michelle was a bit concerned about a gift. You know, what on earth do you buy the Queen? Um, and Michelle, by the sounds of it, had the same dilemma, had the same stress, but was very much comforted. The first time that I uh, met the Queen was visiting London. She reminded me very much of my grandmother, (laughs) which uh, surprised me, not just in appearance, but also in manner. Very gracious, but also no nonsense. Wry sense of humor. She could not have been more kind uh, or thoughtful to, to me and Michelle. Shortly thereafter, Michelle and Malia and Sasha, my two daughters, uh, had occasion to go back uh, to England. Buckingham Palace reached out, and uh, Her Majesty had invited Michelle and the two girls to tea. She had then offered uh, the girls to drive in her golden carriage around the grounds of Buckingham Palace. I know. Uh, It was the sort of uh, generosity uh, and uh, consideration that left a mark uh, in my daughter's lives uh, uh, that uh, that's still there. The Queen was an excellent listener. She had a genuine curiosity, although she was uh, impatient to get to the point. This is in 2011, and we had been invited to a state dinner at Buckingham Palace. State dinners at Buckingham Palace a little different than state dinners everywhere else. The queen was dressed up quite a bit for the state dinner. (laughs) And uh, it was a little bit uh, concerning for Michelle because as a gift to uh, Her Majesty, uh, Michelle had selected a small, modest uh, brooch of nominal value. We reciprocated the following evening with a dinner that we hosted at uh, the American Embassy. But the one thing we immediately notice is that she's wearing the brooch that Michelle had given. And it was an example of the subtle uh, thoughtfulness uh, that she consistently displayed, not just to us, but to everybody who she interacted with. See, just again, the, the formality the you know the tradition in the state but also the nice little nods of oh, i've got a present i'm gonna wear it the next mm. day i saw I, I did a gasp at the golden carriage right? yeah imagine 
I just, I, I wouldn't know where to start with that. But also, you'd be like, don't make a fool of yourself. Don't take a selfie. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't just sit it. very still. Don't, yeah. don't touch it. Don't touch the size. Don't break it. Um, and we're actually going to finish off with one final uh, message. And this was actually a extremely moving tribute in the House of Commons uh, from Boris Johnson. Obviously, one of the Queen's final duties uh, was to accept Boris Johnson's resignation. Um, he obviously, as well as the weekly meetings, went on holiday uh, with his family to Balmoral and did spend a lot of time with the Queen. But I think one of the reasons I wanted to end on this is I think he made a really interesting point that I think lots of people that I've spoken to have mentioned is people were quite surprised by the emotions they felt and maybe didn't realise how much they appreciate, appreciated and honoured uh, and respected the Queen until she wasn't there anymore. Lots of people I've spoken to have said that they were quite surprised by how emotional they felt. And I think that actually uh, Johnson summarises that quite well. I hope the House will not mind if I begin with a personal confession. A few months ago, the BBC came to see me to talk about Her Majesty the Queen. And we sat down and the cameras started rolling and they requested that I should talk about her in the past tense. And I'm afraid I simply choked up and I couldn't go on. I'm really not easily moved to tears. But I was so overcome with sadness that I had to ask them to go away. And I know that today there are countless people in this country and around the world who have experienced the same sudden access of unexpected emotion. And I think millions of us are trying to understand why we are feeling this deep and personal and almost familial sense of loss. Perhaps it's partly that she's always been there, a changeless human reference point in British life. The person who, all the surveys say, appears most often in our dreams so unvarying in her pole star radiance that we have perhaps been lulled into thinking that she might be in some way eternal. But I think our shock is keener today because we are coming to understand in her death the full magnitude of what she did for us all. As I said, I think just surprisingly moving and I think we you can really see in that the impact she had on him as obviously as Prime Minister he did form her you know he formed a government on her behalf but just I think it captured really well of how people maybe as I said earlier just didn't realise how much of a how much they needed and wanted that you know stable figure until she wasn't there. And be, and because this this was a day where People put politics aside. So yes. I will put politics aside. But yep. whatever you think of Boris Johnson, there's one thing that you always have to credit him. He has a use of language. Yes, he really does. He knows how to tap into a certain way. Not with these kind of like bizarre references to Greek mythology that other people don't get. But he he picked a mood and nuance of language that I think was uh, one, one of the better speeches from that, from that day. It really was. Thank you to everyone for listening and to let us letting us share some of these really lovely stories about the Queen. As always, we're on social media at Pod Save on Twitter and on Instagram. And until next time. <laughs>